It's religion today, it's ideology today, and our secularist friends also have a faith. Some kind of Disneyland fantasy. I know how this is going to get heard in the secular world. Where the pseudo-Christian masks are off. That's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Apologetics isn't just about giving answers to other people's questions. It's also about learning to question other people's answers or even question the question itself. In a Christian worldview. Well, welcome to Quantum number 164, the podcast that looks at world news, culture, lots of different issues from a broadly Christian perspective. And we go all over the world, so let's go to South America. Libertad en sus costas se oyó, la indolencia de esclavos acude, la humillada, la humillada, la humillada serviz levantó, la humillada serviz levantó. That is the Peruvian national anthem. We are free, let us always be so, and let the sun rather deny its light than that we should fail the solemn vow which our country raised to God. For a long time the Peruvian oppressed dragged the ominous chain condemned to cruel serfdom. For a long time he moaned in silence, but as soon as the sacred cry of freedom was heard on his coast, he shook off the indolence of the slave. He raised his humiliated head. Ah, I, I, I love, you know, so many national anthems, of course, speak about freedom and so many countries face such a struggle to maintain freedom. Well, Peru is there because this week, Abimal Guzman, the historic leader of Peru's Maoist Shining Path guerrillas, died, well, he died on Saturday in a military prison at the age of 86. He had been serving a life sentence there. Um, his wife, Elena, is also serving a life sentence for terrorism in a different prison. Now, don't feel too much sympathy for Guzman. It's reckoned that the Shining Path had been responsible for the death of about 70,000 lives. And I remember that the Free Church had missions in Peru and we would often hear about Shining Path guerrillas and uh, what they did. This, by the way, folks, is where philosophy professors who teach Marxism often end up. It's so funny, isn't it? In, in our world, to say that someone is a Nazi is the ultimate insult. To say you're a communist, there are people who boast about it. And yet communism costs far more lives than Nazism. Both of them utterly horrendous. Then in the world, in the, in the Taliban, here's a Taliban spokesman. <laughs> What's he doing? He's thanking the world for pledging more than a billion dollars in emergency aid to Afghanistan. And he's asking the US to donate more. They donated apparently $64 million. So that's what we do, you see. We give money to fund regimes that we're opposed to. Maybe we should be sending money to North Korea because North Korea has tested a new long-range cruise missile capable of hitting much of Japan. It can travel up to 1,500 kilometers. And it's amazing. In a society which 
hasn't got enough food for its people and is in economic crisis, they can still afford to build these kind of weapons. That's one of the reasons that the Australians, the UK and the US have signed up to a new defence pact, much to the Chinese annoyance. Um, things in the Pacific region could get much more hostile. Meanwhile, in the Middle East, little noticed, but Israel's Prime Minister, new Prime Minister, Naftali Bennett, has been to Egypt to talk with President Abdul Fattah al-Sisi in Sham al-Sheikh, the Red Sea Resort. And I guess it's good that they're, that they're talking. Well, I, I wonder if maybe you're you're not a, a tennis fan, but surely you must have heard of this. I didn't expect to be here at all. I mean, I think my flights were booked at the end of qualifying, so um, <laughs> it, it's a nice problem to have. Now, Emma Raducanu is just... She's a very, very impressive young lady, but an 18-year-old, imagine, you know, you've bought your plane ticket to come back after the qualifiers and you end up winning the US Open. Well, this is her saying a word to her Chinese fans. Really, she's quite a remarkable young woman. Um, she's just done her A-levels, and she got A-marks, by the way. She was 400-1 to 1 to win the tournament. She never dropped a set. Um, it's funny. But one of the sad things about our culture is Twitter and what, what they call blue-tick commentators. All the politicians suddenly being serious, tactical analysts. But the one that gets me is how they keep trying to use sport to make their own political points. I think it was Alistair Campbell and numerous others going on about, oh, isn't this wonderful? Because uh, Emma is the daughter of a, a Chinese mother and Romanian father who, I mean, she's been brought up in Britain and she's very British. She's very English, actually. Uh, but she's got to be celebrated as an immigrant, which, of course, is true. But all the political points that are being made about it. I don't know. I sometimes wish that politicians would really not say anything about sport. And to be honest, that sports people wouldn't say anything about politics. Anyway, there are some people who are not allowed to say much. Do you know who this gentleman is? That's Neymar from Paris Saint-Germain, PSG. Um, it was reported this week that he apparently receives uh, a wage wage of £461,000 a month. Extraordinary sum of money. If he avoids any political or religious propaganda that could damage the image and unity of the club. Um, this is the Spanish news outlet El Mundo uh, looking at his leaked contract. Uh, he receives 5.28 million per year as part of an ethical clause in his contract with the Parisian club, in which he is required to avoid any negative public comments about the club, those who work there and those who support it, and he, 
uh, to have exemplary behaviour, especially in the field. He's to be courteous, punctual, friendly, and available to fans. Now, uh, the reason it's interesting is Neymar, he's, he's been quite open about his faith. He grew up in Peniel Baptist Church in his native Sao Paulo, um, where the pastor says he reveal he tithes around 18,000 every year. To be honest, that's not much of a tithe with his wage. Um, maybe that... Maybe that figure is just wrong. Maybe that's just a misprint. But Neymar once said, life only makes sense when our highest ideal is to serve Christ. Remember him having the 100% Jesus headband when uh, he helped Barcelona in 2016 when the Champions League final? Interesting. I mean, imagine that, having a clause in your contract that you'd be paid lots of money not to talk about your faith. All right, let's come on to COVID. Lots and lots of things going on with COVID. Um, a couple of things that really fascinate me. One was hearing a WHA spokesman on ABC News here in Australia saying that the COVID vaccine, this is a quote, is not designed to stop the spread of vaccines, to stop the spread of COVID rather. So we're opposed to vaccine travel passports. Now they went on to say that it was designed to stop people getting hospitalized, hospitalized and seriously ill. Since then, I've done a bit of digging. And it seems as though the manufacturers and the WHO and others reckon that it's between 40 to 60% effective in stopping the spread, but 90% effective in stopping serious illness. So vaccine travel passports, to my mind, don't really make much sense. And neither does it make much sense to vaccinate 12 to 15 year olds. Now, the Joint Committee on Vaccination and Immunization in the UK, citing a major US study that found teenage boys are six times more likely to suffer from heart problems due to the vaccine than to be hospitalized from COVID, had said that whilst there were advantages in teenagers being vaccinated, there weren't sufficient to justify the expense and, and everything else and the risks. Now, the British government is going ahead with it. Uh, the Scottish government is, the English government, sorry, the UK government is as well for England and Wales. Um, Chris Whitty, the chief medical officer of England, it was his reason for recommending that, that children aged 12 and over should be vaccinated against COVID, quote, to benefit their mental health, education and social development. But the vaccines for your physical health. If you're concerned about children's education and mental health, and social development. Don't close schools. But they did. And lots of children have suffered because of that. And here again on the vaccine, here's a bit of a video that was banned because of course everything gets banned if it doesn't fit the narrative. Um, just listen to the first bit of this video. My name is Julie Panessi and this message is about mandatory vaccinations. I am a professor of ethics at Huron College at the University of Western Ontario. It's one of the largest universities in Canada. Today, I'm going to teach you a short lesson on the universally accepted ethics of coercing people into medical procedures. I'll be the example. My employer has just mandated that I must get a vaccine for COVID-19. If I want to keep working at my job as a professor, I have to take this vaccine. Here's my conundrum. My school employs me to be an authority on the subject of ethics. I hold a PhD in ethics and ancient philosophy. 
And I'm here to tell you it's ethically wrong to coerce someone to take a vaccine. If it happens to you, you don't have to do it. If you don't want a COVID vaccine, don't take one. End of discussion. It's your own business. But that is not the approach of the University of Western Ontario, which has suddenly required that I be vaccinated immediately or not report for work. So with the school year beginning in a few days, I am facing imminent dismissal after 20 years on the job. That is Professor Julie Ponesi of Huron College, the Western University, Ontario, Canada. She's an ethics professor. And while you heard her describe what was then going to happen, it has since happened. She has been fired from her job. Isn't it ironic? Uh, here in Australia, and I'm sure it's pretty well the same in the UK and other Western democracies, they have it as part of their their health service that you cannot be compelled to take a vaccine and you shouldn't be bribed to take a vaccine. It seems that there are a lot of things on which our society is built that is that are being thrown out by this virus. All right, let's go on. Let's go to some, let's tell you what, let's put music and ethics together. Andre Rue, um, I, I must admit, I have a kind of secret, uh, not addiction, but I do every now and then if I want cheering up, I just go watch what he does at Maastricht and elsewhere. If you don't know the story of Andre Rue, it's just amazing. He does these spectacular, I know, and I know they're a bit, I don't know, yuck maybe, but to me they're very joyous and um, that's him playing. Carlos Ofortuna. Um, it's just a magnificent short piece of, of classical opera music. I'm playing that because of something I read on Classic FM that from the English touring opera who have dropped half of their orchestral players. Why? In a push for diversity. Nothing to do with their ability. Nothing to do with what they're supposed to be doing. But just to show that they're more diverse. At least 14 musicians have told they will not be booked for the 2022 tour. Um, this is in line with firm guidance of the Arts Council. And the Musician Union's members are, are just furious, and of course they are. Because it, it's devastating for these people. Skin colour, which is what this is about, should have nothing to do with that. I mean, please don't let it be about sexuality, choosing musicians according to sexuality. Musicians should be chosen according to their musical ability. Well, this kind of thing is everywhere. Uh, I've been watching this program. Oh, there she is. Our first lady chairwoman. 
I'm not going to sugarcoat this. We're in dire crisis. I wouldn't be surprised if the president asked for Bill's resignation. Can he stay for dinner? No. No wonder nobody wanted to marry you. Are you two involved? My defending Professor Dobson has nothing to do with my feelings for him, which are entirely platonic and professional. Everybody knows she's in love with him. You wearing makeup? What? No. It's pretty. Don't you ever think about it? That is Netflix's The Chair, which is fascinating. It's half-hour programs, six episodes, uh, kind of really well done, but kind of depressing. Uh, someone, I think in The Spectator, described it as a combination of liberal wish fulfillment and bracing political incorrectness. Um, it shows a professor in an American college who ends up being disciplined because he's mucking around uh, and does a fake Nazi salute. And, oh, it's just, I mean, it's funny, but sadly it's not funny because that's the world that we now live in. And speaking of intolerance, in Melbourne, religious schools, particularly Christian schools, will not be allowed to sack or refuse to employ teachers because of their sexuality or gender identity. People shouldn't have to hide who they are to keep their job. And we're told the Attorney General Jacqueline Sims says the change would close an unfair, hurtful gap. Now, the issue there for me is not one of identity. The issue for me is one of character and standards. So if you are a Christian school and you believe that sex should be within marriage and marriage is between a man and a woman, and someone comes along who, let's say, is sleeping around, and it doesn't matter heterosexual or homosexual, should they be allowed to continue their job? I mean, if, if a teacher was into sadomasochism and made it public on their Facebook page and all the rest of it, and the school was a Christian school that wanted the teachers to teach from a Christian ethos and basis, it seems, as the Christian Schools Australia pointed out, that people of faith in Victoria are being told what they can and can't believe, and that religious schools can only act and hold on belief that the government determines are acceptable. Indeed, indeed. Okay, this is one of my favourite pieces of music. A bit gloomy, but enjoy it. This is the end, beautiful friend. This is the end, my only friend. It hurts to set you free, but you'll never follow me. The end of laughter and soft lies. The end. end by the doors uh, if you've seen apocalypse now you will know that it's also played in that 
And I thought of that when I considered the Met Gala in New York and particularly saw the photograph of Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's white dress with the words tax the rich in red lettering. And it's, um, it was a designer dress. You know, this ball, whatever it is, $35,000 a ticket, $35,000 a ticket. I don't often agree with Piers Morgan, but in this he was absolutely right. The ball was the most materialistic, vacuous, obscenely ostentatious example of capitalism imaginable. And of course, Ortez is a, is a socialist, isn't she? One of the millionaire socialists. A preposterous load of old twaddle, he said. But this year, against the backdrop of a global pandemic that's exposed so much of celebrity culture as a pointlessly aggravating waste of space, it seemed more irrelevant than ever. Absolutely. Absolutely. The winner of The Voice 2021 is... Well, here's someone else who's going to be a celebrity here in Australia. Bella! Let this be our prayer. Lead us to a place. Guide us with your grace. Every heart that's broken will be mended. Reaching out to touch you. Reaching to the sky. That was Bella Taylor Smith. Uh, singing alongside her coach, Guy Sebastian, the prayer on The Voice, and she won The Voice. Um, she's a singing teacher. She's uh, goes to Hillsong. Apparently, she is a, a Christian, and as a result, she's receiving, not being a Christian, but of winning this, she's got a recording contract with EMI Music and $100,000. Well, may God bless her, enable her to use her talents for good. Let's come on to think about the church and, and some people who have died. And we'll begin with John Shelby Spong, who is Bishop of Newark. And uh, he's died aged 90. Now, this is the kind of thing he said. Understanding God in theistic categories as a being supernatural in power, dwelling somewhere external to the world and capable of invading the world with miraculous power is no longer believable. Most God talk in liturgy and conversation has thus become meaningless. If God can no longer be thought of in theistic terms, then conceiving of Jesus as the incarnation of the theistic deity has also become a bankrupt concept. He didn't believe in Jesus. And I've seen some Christians writing, mourning his death. We mourn his death as a human being, as I would mourn the death of Osama bin Laden or anyone. But he was not a Christian in any sense whatsoever. And unless he repented at the end, and I hope he did, he absolutely will not be going to heaven. His kind of religion, he thought, you know, these people, you know what they do? They, they say, we need to change the church so that people will come to it. Well, how successful was he? Between 1978 and 1999, the number of baptized persons in the diocese fell from 64,000 to 36,000. He lost 44%. It's just... It declined faster than the rest of the Episcopal Church, and it was in pretty steep decline. Uh, another well-known Christian leader who's died, David Yonggi Chu, or as he's known in the West, Paul Yonggi Chu. Jesus is no 
Dr. Yonggi Cho cherished a great vision for world missions in his early ministry and has traveled around the world 115 times in the past 50 years. He has preached in 370 cities in 72 countries. The Yoido Full Gospel Church's enthusiasm for world missions has no end. That's the world's largest congregation still, I think, headquartered in Seoul, Korea, which has 800,000 members. Yonggi Chu was 85 years old. Um, I don't know very much. Well, I've read, uh, sorry, I've read a fair bit of his story, but I, I don't know where I'm at with this because about, I think it was 30 of his church elders out of 1,500 filed a lawsuit and they won. The prosecutors invested Chu's embezzlement of about 20 million US dollars from the church's funds. Well, if that's true, he was convicted of that. I think he was convicted of embezzling 12 million dollars then what a disgrace. Another leader who's died is Colin Urquhart, or Pastor Colin Urquhart, Christian speaker, well-known charismatic Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham in West Sussex. Uh, and another, not so well-known, at least here, Reverend Silas Yakubi Ali from Nigeria, who was hacked to death by Islamic militants in Kaduna State, I think along with 11 other people, as he was on his motorbike, heading to church. All right, let's, uh, I'll tell you what, have a listen to this. This is outlined in the New Testament, which of the commandments he thought was first and foremost, which is an interesting question, right? Because it posits that there's a central ethic that manifests itself across the 10 rules that's still implicit. And Christ had an answer to that. Right, um, love God and is, love man. Yes, which is, you know, quite an answer. But in Buddhism, is there an implicit ethic that matches the ethic that's implicit in the 10 commandments? Right. And of course, there are many more commandments than 10. I happen to have studied Buddhism in England under a Buddhist professor. Trevor Ling. He said, Buddhism teaches that all pain in life comes from desires and expectations. It changed my life because from that day to this, and I've written a book on happiness and I wrote a chapter on this, I have no expectations and it is one of the reasons I'm happy. Therefore, if I wake up tomorrow without an aneurysm, I think I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I accepted dropping expectations. It was to me, brilliant. I utterly rejected dropping desires. I asked a Buddhist one night, I said, if your brother died, would the ideal Buddhist response be no sadness? And he said, that is correct. The ideal Buddhist response would be things live and things die. That is Dennis Prager of PragerU University and Jordan Peterson. And he's discussing his Buddhism and I just find, found it so despairingly sad. All pain comes from desires and expectations. I have no expectations and so I am happy. And if your brother dies, the ideal Buddhist response would be no sadness. What a heartless and loveless and appalling response. And to have no desires. No desire for your wife or for your husband. No desire for your children. No desire for justice and peace. No expectations of people. Wow. I mean, I understand it a bit. But it's nothingness. Literally, nothingness. 
No, I prefer the fullness of Christ rather than the nothingness of the Buddha. I can't do my top 10 podcast again because I'm just out of time. But I'm going to leave you with, uh, I've been part of the sing conference that the Gettys do in Nashville. I mean, obviously not being able to be there, just being online, but it's been wonderful. And um, I, I love this song, I'm, uh, obviously Amazing Grace, Chris Tomlin's uh, version of that, with my chains fell off, my heart was free. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound It saved a wretch like me I was lost, but now I'm found was blind, but now You know, in a world where you you have a religion teaching the value of nothingness or the Taliban with their austere and cruel form of Islam or just the the desperate hypocrisy and, and selfishness of Cortes and that, that just that whole thing you know and just the nastiness and the viciousness of, of of so much that is going on it's great I mean and of course the goodness as well but it's just great that we are able to sing of God's amazing grace it's a wonderful thing if you do not know it you need to come to know Jesus Christ if you do we need to know him better please feel free join me during the week for uh, on the YouTube channel for coffee with Job Join me again next week. You want to support us, go to the Podbean fundraiser. All the links for the various things we've been talking about are there on the website as well. Theweeflee.com. See you next week. Bye. Sing it together. sing this last verse and this is the original last verse that John Newton wrote hundreds of years ago 
and we sing my chains are gone when it gets to that moment again just let sing from a thankful heart worship comes from a grateful heart we've got a lot to be grateful for here tonight where would any of us be without the grace of God we surely wouldn't be here tonight so let's sing it as those who know what it is for those chains to be set free for those chains to be broken just let your heart sing the earth shall soon dissolve Amen.